Are you ready? Yeah. Are you with it? Yeah. Okay, let's go. You know what to do. The whole world's watching and counting on you. And all you people listening out there, everybody, everywhere, hang on, hang on, hang on! Welcome to Checkered Past, a loving postmodern examination of the Go-Go Check branded comic magazines published by DC Comics between February 1966 and August 1967. I'm Dr. Bob, and each week I'll be your guide on this trippy tour through 535 mid-century masterpieces of graphic noveldom. This week, Sugar and Spike, number 64. Cover date, April, May 1966. Cover price, 12 cents. Cover artist, Sheldon Mayer. Edited by Murray Boltonoff. Featuring Baby Heroes. Written and drawn by Sheldon Mayer. Are you ready? Are you with it? That's baby talk for Away We Go Go. Sugar and Spike's negligent parents ignore them and then punish the babies when they do something troublesome. Wait a minute, that doesn't sound right. Sugar, 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 plum. Sugar, 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 plum. Sugar and spike and everything. Oh, that doesn't rhyme. No. Um. Hi. Hi. How are you? I am doing very well, thank you. It's I'm... spring break, isn't it? It is wonderful. It is spring break, and I am over my cold. That's terrific. That yes. was. I can tell you now. It was awfully distracting last week with all your sneezing and whatnot. Well, that's uh. It's an awfully imperious tone for you to take with me about something I mean, I have, I'd, which I have no control. I'd really like to feel sympathy for you, but I just can't muster it. Uh, that's a strange thing to say for someone that took such good care of me when I was sick. Well, I have to put on a good show. You're right. You're right, Bob. Gosh, I'm so sorry for being sick. It's okay. Well, let's try to watch it in the future. Okay. Hey, I suppose we had to also talk about Captain Marvel, even though we're DC fellas. Yes! Let's talk about Captain Marvel. Okay. Did you like it? I loved it. I loved the movie. Would you give it how many stars? On a scale of? One to four. Four stars. Really? I thought it was fantastic. I'd say three and a half. Why? I'm not crazy about that helmet thing with the mohawk. I think that looks stupid. I did. I thought it looked stupid in the comics form also. So it's oh, not so that's that true to the comics? I'm not one of those... 
he-men that are hating on Captain Marvel. Well, there's always going to be haters. Haters are going to hate. Hate is, hate is going to hate. Is that what they say? Haters going to hate. I don't know. I haven't been keeping up with the controversy. They were hating on Wonder Woman, and they were hating on Black Panther. Basically, fat white men who who don't want to see change or empower anything other than anything other than what they imagine themselves to be. Well, guess what? I'm a fat white man, and I think Last Jedi is the best Star Wars movie. So come at me. You're giving me a look. Nothing beats Return of the Jedi. Really, Return of the Jedi is widely considered the worst. Well, I happened to like it. With the Ewoks? Oh, you're thinking of Empire, Empire Strikes, Strikes Back. Back. I'm okay. sorry, I'm yeah. sorry. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Empire Strikes Back is the best one. Well. Return of the Jedi was awful. The Ewoks really blew it. That was terrible. Right. Yub-nub. Ewok-be-nub-nub. Ewok-be-nub-nub. Yub-nub. Celebrate the life. Yub-nub. Celebrate the life. Yub-nub. Celebrate the life. Yub-nub. Okay, so sugar and spike. Sugar and okay, so, so spike. Are we done with, are we, are we done with Captain Marvel? Oh, we didn't finish that, did we? No, we didn't. Yeah, um, it was. She's certainly the most powerful Marvel hero that we've seen yet. With the oh my god, possible exception of the Hulk, but maybe we'll see her go up against the Hulk in the next Unbelievable, movie. Unbelievable, the power that she has. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't want to get on her bad side. Did you see her just ripping through that spaceship? Yeah. Just, just like once nothing. she just sort of you know once she took the the controller off yeah and just just suppose we just, should be careful with spoilers because some oh, people probably haven't seen it but well if any of our listeners haven't uh-huh. seen it but we're planning to see it yeah yeah you should go see it you should go see it um and also it's going to apparently lead directly into the next Avengers movie so Which we know great. you're going to see that yeah stay around for the very end yeah. Um, so I throw my gum away. It loses its flavor quickly. Right. Um, also, yeah, I loved it. I just really loved it. I loved. I just said to you when we were walking out. I said that was a movie of a very a powerful character, uh, a great story, great dialogue, a, a beautiful, uh, twisted, complex story. Who also, hey, quiet. Also, just happened to be a woman. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like, I didn't feel like I was being manipulated. Right. No pandering. No, no, no. Like, it was, it was great. Um, it is the only time I've ever liked Samuel L. Jackson in any movie. Yeah. Yeah. Also, there's a cat in it, so. Yes, there is a cat, isn't there? That was Dodger Husband's favorite part. Uh, it wasn't my favorite part, but I did laugh a lot at that. That was you a great joke. You sure did. Yes. Anyway, so Captain Marvel, thumbs up. Absolutely. I'd go see it again. Well, we have to save our money now because Dumbo's coming and March Shazam. March 29th. Shazam, who's the real Captain Marvel. And, uh, well, I don't know. We could go see Captain Marvel again this week if we wanted to or something Sure, else. we could do anything we want. We're on break. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of on permanent break, but you're on break for the week. Well, Sugar and Spike. Sugar and Spike. We're on our 49th episode. You wouldn't think there's any new concepts left for us to discover, but here we are. Unfortunately, there were. Well, now listen, I'm going to uh, tell you that the first time I read this a couple of weeks ago, I hated it. Okay. But then I reread it for the episode, and by the end of it, I actually kind of liked it. I mean, you're someone who would have actually read a Casper comic. Well, yes. And uh, probably sat through an entire episode of Scooby-Doo, right? No, I hated Scooby-Doo, but Harvey Comics were my gateway drug to all comics. So, yes, I do love Casper and Richie Rich. And this, in hindsight, is very reminiscent of a sort of story you would see in Richie Rich. It's just, I'm not accustomed to these novel-length Why didn't you like Scooby-Doo cartoons? Um, Because I hated those idiot teenagers that Uh he traveled around with. And I also hated the way that Scooby-Doo talked. Are you kidding me? I'm putting talk in air quotes. No. Okay. I hated that the threats were always obvious. It was always obvious who the villain was going to be. And it was always obvious that they were walking directly into trouble. Okay. I hated it. Uh Uh-huh. Because I hated Shaggy's posture. Yeah, I did hate Shaggy I hated the way he was drawn. I hated his posture. I hated his voice. And I, yeah, I that's... hated when they would run, 
that the background would repeat over and over again. And as a matter of fact, I, I hated that of all Hanna-Barbera cartoons. Right. That when they would, it was like they had it on a loop, yep. you know, and you'd just see the same background over and over again. I hated it. I mean, that's probably going to be an unpopular opinion, being that Shaggy was voiced by Casey Kasem. Who was a really interesting person. Yes, but I never liked his voice. No. He voiced uh, Shaggy. He voiced Robin on Super Friends. I never liked him. Mm. Sorry. Yeah. Well, but I did like Super Friends. And I really enjoyed American Top 40. Oh, yes. I listened every week. Mm-hmm. Um, because I didn't have actual friends, so I pretended like I was looped into pop culture. When I, I would to the top 40. record it on my cassette. I would record it on reel-to-reel tape. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That was hardcore. That was. Sugar and Spike. <laughs> okay, here we go. Sugar and Spike. Um, would you want to hear about it first? Yes. Sugar and Spike was an American comic book series published by DC Comics from 1956 through 1971. Good God. Named after its main protagonist. The series was created, written, and drawn by Sheldon Mayer. More about him later. The series was launched in 1956 along with another Sheldon Mayer creation, The Three Mouseketeers. (laughs) We've read that. No, we've read The uh, Brat Finks. Mm-hmm. The Sugar and Spike series had 98 issues published in the United States through 1971 when due to Mayer's failing eyesight, uh, he had to limit his drawing ability. So the series was canceled. Later, after cataract surgery restored his eyesight, Mayer returned to writing and drawing Sugar and Spike stories, continuing to do so until his death in 1991. These stories appeared in overseas markets and only a few have been reprinted in the United States. DC attempted to license Sugar and Spike as a syndicated newspaper strip, but was unsuccessful. (laughs) And Mayer had an agreement with DC that no one else could write Sugar and Spike. Because who else could bring the magic (laughs) of Sheldon Mayer? Um, Sheldon Mayer, however, was an American comics artist, writer, and editor, one of the earliest employees of Major Malcolm Wheeler Nicholson's National Allied Publications, which became... DC Comics. He is among those credited with rescuing the unsold Superman comic strip from the junk pile. What? Yeah. Uh, Inducted into the comic book industry's Jack Kirby Hall of Fame in 1992 and the Will Eisner Comic Book Hall of Fame in 2000, not to be confused with fellow Golden Age comics professional Sheldon Maldoff. Don't worry, I won't confuse him. Okay. Uh... Sheldon Mayer also is was the author of the Scribbly comic feature, which introduced the original Golden Age Red Tornado. Red Tornado! Um, which appeared in All-American Comics between 1941 and 1944. Uh, launched several funny animal titles, including Funny Stuff, Animal Antics, and Funny Folks. And then retired from editorial duties in 1948, to devote himself to creating strips such as The Three Mouseketeers and Sugar and Spike. There you have it. Thank you. Um, I told you earlier I was going to tell you something interesting that would... You did. And I asked you not to tell me until the time was right, so I'm ready to hear it. Novelist and Sandman creator Neil Gaiman has stated Sheldon Mayer's Sugar and Spike series is the most charming thing I've ever seen in comics. Uh, you, I, you, your mouth is agape. I'm, I, I'm speechless. Why? Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman. The very. Neil Gaiman. Author of American Gods. And... Now appearing on Star's television... Books. Lots of other great books on, and uh, lots on, of great on a, comics. On a Sanzi boys, on a Sanzi. Mm-hmm. Wow, your mind is blown. Yeah, I happen to love Neil Gaiman's work. I know you do. Does that change your opinion of Sugar and Spike? Nope. Okay. Well, let's talk about it. Yeah. I have some uh, ideas about why you don't like it and why maybe uh, other people did. Okay, let's go. Let's go. We open. Are you on, on the splash page or the cover? Oh, we could look at the cover. Uh, she's on. She's on deck. She's wet. Special spring issue. Mm-hmm. Spike, who's a baby boy. Yes. Oh, we should mention that they're babies. 
Yes, they're babies. They're babies. Sugar and Spike. We don't know how old they are, but they're babies. They're babies. They're pre-verbal babies. No one can understand them. Except other babies. Yes, each and other. each other. Um, Spike is reclining in a deck chair, and Sugar is climbing back onto the ship, having been dunked into the ocean. Mm-hmm. Saying, careful how you walk around this goofy house, doll boy. It's got the wettest front lawn you ever saw. She even has slang that she uses. Like doll boy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see from the caption on the cover that Sugar and Spike win an ocean trip, take over the ship, almost sink it, catch a spy, meet the president, all in Baby Heroes, a complete novel-length adventure. May I ask what novel-length adventure means in a comic well, book? in a comic book... You know, we've seen several issues where they would have two or three separate stories mm-hmm. in a mm-hmm. book, and I would venture to say that most of the humor titles would have more than one complete story. Like Fox and the Crow had Stanley and its monster and right. the rat finks, while this is an entire issue devoted to one story. narrative. I see. Divided into a, chapters. Did so. you ever do a book report on a comic book? No. Probably because you were told you couldn't. I don't know that I ever asked. I don't know that it ever occurred to me. Okay. I did a book report on television once. A television in your basement? No, an actual local television show called Schoolies. And it was a morning television show for school-aged children and... Uh, they would often have, you know, like this week we're having Edison Elementary as guests on the show. And so you'd have to go into the studio and, you know, if you volunteered to do like a book report or a, you know, nature segment or whatnot, you'd be on the television show. You did a book report? I did a book report on uh, one of the Marvin Looney books. You familiar with Marvin Looney? The name is familiar. Well, he was a creature that lived on the moon. Because I guess it was written before we went to the moon, and so it was imagined that there was a civilization existing on the moon. Which reminds me, I had a dream last week that we were performing in a nightclub on the moon, and we had learned that there, archaeologists had discovered evidence of an, an advanced civilization living on the moon. And we were performing in this nightclub on the very day that that news was going to be released to the public. But we had a preview of the news. I have a question for mm-hmm. you. Were we completely off book? For what? The show. On the moon. Yes. Was yes. it new material? or It was new material and there was dance involved and it might have even been a pole dance. Because okay. it, we were, were in... we dancing or did we yes. have professional dancers? No, we were dancing because it was low gravity and we could do all kinds of tricks on the pole. Someone actually paid to have us dance on a pole? Yeah. In your dream? Mm-hmm. Did, I mean, were we thin and no, lithe? we were the same as we are now. Now, I don't know how much time you spend on the internet. There is something for everyone <laughs> available. <laughs> so that's um, a pretty broad subject, there, Bob. Is that a fat joke? Uh, no, I'm just something about I don't know what you how much you've seen on the internet, but the internet, but there's something for everyone. Uh-huh. And you were talking about pole dancing, so yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. There are people who would not find it unattractive to watch you or I dancing on a pole. We weren't unclothed. Would these be people that were sighted? Or yeah, they would yeah, yeah, to yeah. The flow of our no, fabric on the this pole. was yeah. This was kind of like flesh. a it was a Cirque du Soleil situation. We were doing like oh well, then that's art. Advanced tricks. Yes, yes. Because yes. there's nothing so, nothing more exciting than watching you or I throw our sweaty fat legs around a pole right. and squeak our way up and down it. No, we are clean entertainers. This was not. Uh, we were not undraped, but we were singing. We were singing and oh, well, pole dancing. Yes. Well, I'm sure the singing was entertaining. Was it a comedy show? Um, I don't know that my dream was that detailed, although I just told you about that archaeologists had discovered advanced civilization on the moon, so that sounds pretty material there. Yeah, I know. May I share with you information about a dream that I had this a couple nights ago? Please. Well, I dreamt that I, we were in the movie theater, mm-hmm. and there were four teenagers sitting next to me and in front of me. It sounds like a nightmare already. Go and on. And they would not stop talking to each other. 
And it was like a boy and a girl sitting to my left and a boy and a girl sitting in front of me and to slightly to my left. And they were talking over the seats to each other. Idiots. And I stood up and I said to the boy, I pulled him up by his shirt collar and punched him. Okay. And said, shut up. (laughs) Like, I didn't even ask him to stop talking. Mm -hmm. I just like, I hit him, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And then he got the manager of the theater. And then I realized that I am my age, which is almost 48, and I assaulted a teenager. Right. And I was like, I was, I realized how horrible that was. It would be worse if like the theater manager was his dad. The theater manager was not at all sympathetic to me. It was, you know, like a teen. Right. You know, like I hit some 16 year old kid and the theater manager was like 19. Right. Yeah. So everything was, and I realized that I was in danger of getting arrested Mm because I had assaulted a teenager. Right. Yeah. So I what completely happened? skipped the whole asking them to be quiet, being polite and all that stuff. I just went right to the punch. Well, that doesn't work anyway. N- no. With teens? No. 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 They'll be belligerent no matter what you say. So I think he deserved it. And I've, never, I've never hit a teenager in my life. Not, not no. yet. <laughs> There's a lot of life to live yet. Sugar and Spike. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the splash page, we see that Sugar and Spike are on board a luxury liner mm-hmm. although the luxury liner has a wooden clapboard uh, uh cabin, cabin uh, uh wheelhouse, wheelhouse wheelhouse pilot house pilot house pilot sorry. house and uh sugar and spike like have- it's, it is a luxury liner probably from based on that size about a 300 passenger ship that has a pilot house slightly smaller than our garden shed where we keep the lawnmower right Mm-hmm. And that's uh, now you've been a merchant marine. Is that, that how uh, ships operate? Uh, no. Okay. No. Not usually the pilot house is up on the on the, the highest portion of uh-huh. the ship. But even these luxury liners had sophisticated instrumentation, and it wasn't an actual now, house that was built barely bigger than the wheel itself. Right. This is the 1960s, so this is just shortly after sailing has been invented. <laughs> So does that change the technology? If we're going with that convention, then yes. Okay. Actually, this is spot on. This is probably historically accurate. So it's remarkable that they're even afloat, is what you're saying. It, well, and it, this is the 1960s, right? Mm-hmm. 1967? Right. So yeah, it truly is. I mean, uh, ships had just been invented. Really? So, I mean, I, I don't, I, I'm assuming the whole thing's made out of wood. And yeah, it's held together obviously. with pegs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that has tar pitch to patch the holes. Yeah, I'm. If we're going to stick with that, I'm. Ex- I want to hear you explain what that thing is. It's going to be coming up later on the uh, that other water vehicle. It's it's going to be coming up. On oh, the um, it's probably some kind of sea creature. But I'll <laughs> remind me when we get there. Okay. Um, so Sugar and Spike, who I remind you are babies, have locked themselves into the pilot house and are controlling the ship by riding on the, the steering wheel. What do we call that? Just the wheel? It's the ship's wheel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, how did this happen? Let's find out. Turn let's, the page. Let's find out. Um, oh, well, we don't find out yet because it's not the flashback yet. But, no, we need to see the captain yelling at the parents. Uh, the parents, I should mention, their faces are never seen. We just see their legs. Yeah. Similar to peanuts. Right? Yes. You never yes. saw their faces. Right. Um. So the babies are controlling the ship. Now we have a flashback. Uh, Mother of Spike. Spike's last name is Wilson, by the way. Okay. Cecil Wilson. Sugar's last name is Plum. Sugar Plum. Yeah. That's cute. Isn't it? Uh, Spike is playing inside when the phone rings, and his mother is outside hanging laundry on the line. He calls the phone the Yak Yak Box. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, he tries to call to his mother... But, of course, she doesn't understand baby talk because he's saying... Glub, glub. Yeah. may I pause to remind our listeners mm-hmm. that I imagine that a lot of our listeners do remember when phones were rented from the phone company. And yeah. it's possible that some of our listeners remember when rotary dials, rotary dial phones, mm-hmm. were the only kind of phones that were available. Sure. Right? Right. Because that's all we had. Mm-hmm. And so when someone would call, 
it before we had answering machines, it would ring until until they, someone picked until up. they until it picked up or someone hung up the phone who was calling. Right. I mean, you could literally call someone and let it ring for a half hour or forty five minutes. Sure. Yeah. So that's what. Uh, there's a lot to unpack there. First of all, the whole rental idea, I know that that's actually what happened. But, for example, my grandmother had the same rotary telephone in her home for 45 years. I think you could buy it after a while. Well, I I have it in my possession, and I, I didn't buy it. So nobody's ever come after me for that. Well, now they will, now that you put it on the Internet. Uh, I can delete that later. Um, also, if the mother can't hear the phone ringing inside the house while she's outside doing laundry, she can't hear her baby. So the baby could drown or choke or wrap the phone cord around his neck or anything. That was my first fear. Well, yeah, but I mean, things were very different back then. Kids, they had a lot more kids. They could lose them. Right. You know, they were less valuable back then. You know, my mother would I was just so hoping you were going to share this. Put me out in the backyard in the playpen. Mm-hmm. And put the dog out there. Mm-hmm. There was no fenced yard at that time. Mm-mm. Just set me out in the backyard in the playpen with the dog, and then she'd go about her business, cleaning house cleaning or house, right. watching her stories or whatever. And the dog did protect you, though. The dog did protect me, mm-hmm. but uh, she had no direct evidence that the dog would protect me until much later in my life, so it was all really a risk. Well, that isn't the only dangerous thing your mother would do. What's that? <laughs> well, she would take a red wagon uh-huh. with your sister Sarah, yes. who was older than you, and yes. she was very young, mm-hmm. in the red wagon, mm-hmm. down to the poke store. The well, market. it wasn't a poke store. It was a Kenny's Market. Oh, Kenny's, Kenny's Corner Market. market mm-hmm. Where she would buy her case of beer for the day or whatever, 12, a six-pack. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know. I'm assuming it was a six-pack. Uh, probably 12. Okay. For the day. Yeah. And Sarah would ride home on top, on top of, of the, the beer. case yeah. of beer. Little red wagon with full of beer and a baby on top. And a baby on top, yeah. I'd like to see a comic about that. Maybe I'll make one. You should. Um, we're really making my mother sound like a horrible person. She was a wonderful, wonderful human wonderful being. Wonderful human being. You could call your comic book. She did book, drink a lot. But you could call your comic book Bobby's Follies. Well, that was even before I was born. Well, okay. That's not a good name. All right, well, I'm not going to draw it, so. You have so many great stories. I try. Anyway, the phone's ringing and ringing. Uh, And the baby is, uh, finally gets the idea that he's going to climb up on precariously stacked books to the desk where the phone is and knock it off onto the floor so that the receiver comes off. And now there's a voice on the other end. Oh, but you've missed two interesting things. He does know about rules. Uh, as he's trying to climb up on top of uh, a waste paper basket mm-hmm. and uh, and some books to reach where the phone is, he says, touching the yak-yak box is illegal. But if my toy pushed it a little, I guess that would be all right. So he uses his toy to knock the yak-yak box with the telephone off right. the desk. And it says in print on the desk, in the middle S- panel, Scooter, Scooter is, is coming. coming. A little interesting buried promotion. It's not buried. It's pretty obvious. Well, it's I, been in every comic we've looked at for the past... But never inside the story. Oh, no. It has been inside the story. It's been on, like, in the background and billboards and things. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Oh, interesting. Um, and Scooter is coming, everybody. Don't worry. We'll get to it. Scooter is coming. Mm-hmm. Look busy. Aha. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, uh, there's a voice on the other end trying to talk to someone. Of course, Spike can't talk. Normal talk. Mm-hmm. You can only talk baby talk, which can't be understood. Uh, however, the person on the other end of the phone says, for goodness sake, talk English, you dumb dodo. Mm-hmm. So Spike thinks that's a grown-up word that he's just learned. Dumb dodo. And he starts saying it over and over and over. Yelling, dumb dodo, dumb dodo, dumb dodo. Um, Spike is so excited that he runs across the house, out the window to get his friend Sugar. So he can tell her all about his exciting discovery of how to learn adult talk. And in they go to talk on the phone. By the time they get there, the person on the other end has hung up. Mm-hmm. And so then Sugar and Spike just start playing with the phone. Swinging it around dangerously. Someone's going to get smacked in the head. Yeah, the phones were heavy back then. I don't know how that baby did that. 
but I'm not sure how. There's a lot of things happening here that I don't know how babies do. Yeah, sugar. I don't know how she did that. So, um, first of all, sugar is shown playing uh, mommy. She's got a baby carriage with a baby doll in it. Mm-hmm. Now I don't have children. Yes. But couldn't they like say some words by the time they're walking and pushing baby carriages around? Uh, I would think so. So would I. You know who these kids look like? What? Our neighbor kids. Our old neighbor kids. They do, don't they? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'll have to show this to their mm-hmm. mother. Anyway, I'm trying to skip ahead to the next interesting I'm thing I'm letting you take the lead because uh, you're moving the story along very quickly. A lot of panels where nothing's happening. Right. Lots of whimsy, whimsy. in this comic. Yes. Now, uh, so in their call... Uh, in Sugar's call, uh, where she's swung the phone around, they have called the host of a show. Uh-huh. And the By- show is a Happy Hinkley show, right? Uh-huh. And And it's being simultaneously broadcast on television. Right. And it just so happens that as Spice is, Spike is, uh, is yelling, dumb dodo, dumb dodo, dumb dodo, into the phone, that happens to be the correct answer to the trivia question. Right. So they've accidentally called the trivia show... And they are the first caller, and Spike is screaming "dumb dodo" into the phone. And the question was, "Name a prehistoric bird now extinct." So "dumb dodo" is correct mm-hmm. because it's a dodo, which are not actually prehistoric; they lived in historic times, and uh, was dumb, and that's why it's extinct. I guess is the implication. They were actually hunted to extinction. But they didn't have time to put that in this comic, I guess, because there's so much swinging the phone around. <laughs> anyway, that's the answer. They win the prize, and uh, immediately the mothers come in and smack the babies and put them in the corner. Yeah, they slapped his hand. Um, so then she gets on the phone, the mother gets on the phone, mm-hmm. and discovers that, in fact, the babies have won the contest, the prize of which is an all-expense-paid trip on the SS Pinhead. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Now that's enough for a story. That could have been the end of the story right there. Yep. Uh, but no. No. That was just part one. Just part one. Because this is a novel length story. Yeah. So they all go on board the ship. Sugar and Spike are babies. They don't understand that it's not just a big house. No. They looks don't like, understand. I love that staircase. That looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. They don't understand that... Uh, Ships float on the ocean. They think that the ocean that that they the, think they're in a house. They think they're in a house a f- whose lawn has been, been flooded. flooded. Yes. By the way, this yeah. little staircase here. Uh huh. I never saw that on any ship. No, that looks kind of dangerous because mm-hmm. if the ship tipped one way or the other, you would fall off the staircase. Yes, but they have a lot of fun things on current cruise ships now, mm-hmm. like uh, slides and and uh, surfing things and uh, surfing. Uh, machines and uh, and MRSA. Uh, <laughs> indoor skydiving, I was going to say. That too. And um, sure. Floor, floor shows. Right. Uh, Cirque du Soleil. Uh huh. And MRSA. dysentery. Dysentery. Um, so we see that I see several problems here. Okay. The babies are running rampant around the ship. With no parental supervision. No, no, no. The parents are playing shuffleboard and looking out of the skyline together. Um, uh, a sailor is mopping this precarious steep staircase during the day. Mm-hmm. Would that happen? Sure. You could swab the decks during the day, I suppose. Well, I mean, as a former cruise director, mm-hmm. would you instruct an employee to mop a dangerous staircase during the day when it's getting the most use? Or Absolutely would you wait not. until night? Okay, yeah. that's what I thought. Yeah. Um, Except on the sea at night, if it's cooling down, you've got moisture issues anyway. So uh, usually you're mopping the deck early in the morning. So Sugar has to explain to Spike that the lawn outside this giant house they think they're on has been flooded. They think back to their brief life experience and understand that if the lawn is flooded, someone must have left the water running, which Mm -hmm. is 
going to be cause for them to be smacked and put into the corner. Right. So all their shenanigans are to prevent getting punished. Right. So they for something they they believe they'll get they didn't do, but right, they'll right, get right. blamed for. They are heading off to find the source of the flooding and shut it off so mm-hmm. that they can uh because they think none of the adults realize that the lawn is flooded. Mm-hmm. So trying to do all this before an adult sees the flooded lawn. Meanwhile, off the starboard bow. Starboard? Port. Starboard. Well, which page are you on for God's sake? I'm on page, t- I don't know, 12. It's this page. It is a starboard bow. If we're to believe, uh, I'm not trying to think about the reflection, but yes, it would be off the starboard bow. So yes, uh, starboard is is the right hand side. If you're facing from, if you're standing and looking off the uh, forward part of the ship, the bow, the bow. Yeah, uh, we see that there's a periscope popping up out of the ocean with a submarine attached, and they are observing the cruise ship because apparently there's a spy on board the ship. Because oh. there's also an atomic scientist on board the ship that the spy is tracking. And the spy is going to escape the ship with the atomic scientist. And when the spy gives the signal, the submarine, who is under the flag of a foreign power, is going to torpedo the ship and destroy it. Right. Uh, did I get that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. You did. The great atomic... So it's, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it's not... Let's not capture him. Uh, let's not send a spy on the ship grab a couple life preservers, throw them overboard, and have a boat waiting. Right. Let's not uh, wait until the ship comes onto shore, snag him while he's on shore. Instead, let's torpedo this luxury liner with probably more than 300 passengers on mm-hmm. board that is a, it is, is a pleasure craft. It's right. not a military craft. Mm-hmm. We'll go ahead and kill all those people so that we can get the scientist. Right, and they also... Uh, want to set it up so that the United States will not realize that the ship has been torpedoed. So they're going to an awful lot of trouble to not even make any kind of declaration of war. Right. Um, so Sounds very dangerous. Well, they don't know that we have uh, heroic babies on board. No. So Spike emerges onto the deck just as the spy is getting up to signal the submarine. Mm-hmm. And Spike panics, realizing that the man is going to see the flooding if he goes to the uh, deck rail. So he runs past and trips him, steals his hat, and leads him on a merry chase around the ship. By the way, can I just say something? May I say something? Yes. Page 13. See all the people in their deck chairs, wrapped in blankets, Mm -hmm. fully dressed, and holding newspapers. Yeah. The children are running around in shorts and little skirts. All the people are wrapped up, bundled in blankets and such. Um, as if it must be very cold. Right. Right? Um, so, not only are the children being neglected, they're also very, very underdressed for this weather. Well, now, I have a similar observation around here when I see children. By children, I mean college-age students. Yes. Wearing shorts and T-shirts in... Pneumonia uh, weather. Pneumonia weather. Mm-hmm. Anything under 60 degrees, you should be fully clothed with a jacket. The second thing I want to say is... I, perhaps I'm getting old mm-hmm. because the idea of sitting on a ship wrapped in a blanket, right. reading something mm-hmm. and watching and just watching the horizon right, right. is very appealing to me. Oh, I thought you were not going to go that direction. I thought you were going to say that sounds horrible. Like I torture. would love to sit outside on a cold day wrapped up in a blanket and read something. I am with you except for the cold part and the outside part <laughs> and the ship part. But I would love you to. You just would just like stay in sit. bed and read, uh huh, <laughs> or on the sofa, or like not even read. I just uh, lay in bed, maybe with like a television situation, or um, or just sleeping. Honestly, is fine with me. All day. Yeah. Okay. I almost did sleep all day today. This time change business. It's for the birds. Oh, it's the worst. It really I had to get up at 6 a.m. this morning. And your body thought it was 5. It was, I came home from my appointment and mm-hmm. had to go right back to bed. Yeah. Yeah. I had to do that too, except uh, minus the appointment and minus the getting up <laughs> And first. I had a cup of coffee before I went back to sleep. Oh, no. No. It didn't bother me at all. Really? No. 
Rob never has a second cup of coffee at home. <laughs> Try Sanka. Um, all right. It's the, decaffeinated. The spy's signaling device is inside his hat, so uh, Spike stealing his hat is actually kind of a big deal. Uh, spy signaling device. He's going to use a mirror. It's a mirror. Yeah. Um, I was try- trying to make it sound more sophisticated. It's literally a hand mirror. Meanwhile, in another part of the ship, Sugar walks into one of the nicely appointed bathrooms. With someone naked showering. Right. Well, now you've been on board a ship. Yeah, I have. I used to work on a ship. Do they have full-size ceramic bathtubs with stand-up showers inside? Uh, They used to, to have... You know... I don't know that they would have... I mean, not not now, no. No, no. not now. Because this bathroom is like the size of a whole suite. Like a New York flat. Yeah. Yeah. No, not that size. I mean, okay. everything's about economy and space. So I don't know that they actually have a full-sized bathtub with a shower like that. No. I wouldn't think so. No, usually you have a shower. Yeah. You have a shower. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's highly shower. pressurized water. That is sent through a, a water-saving uh, nozzle because, you know, that's fresh water that you're showering with. Right. Fresh water is precious. Mm-hmm. Well, is that, that's how they spread the MRSA, right? Through the showers? <laughs> well, I don't... It's not MRSA, actually. It's, it's something else. Uh, it's, Legionnaire's well, disease. Well, <laughs> I mean, we're calling it MRSA because that's all we can remember, but it's something else. And, and I think it's spread just because it's a highly infectious... Uh, virus. It's the norovirus, uh, and it and it's spread on the hands, and it lives for a while on surfaces. So it you know can be spread through food. It can be spread through uh, elevators, uh, staircases, and you know in a, in a ship. Mm-hmm. It's you know the, the air is recirculated. So it's it sounds great, like a great vacation. I can't wait to go. You're uh, really not, selling it well. I don't. I can't imagine a scenario where, where we ever ever go on a ship. No. Yeah. Uh, I mean, until I used to work on a ship, I mm-hmm. used to think that it, being on a cruise ship was the greatest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. It's not. Now, I'd go on one of those Viking River cruises. Oh, sure. All the PBS crowd is talking about. Our good friend, um, Darlene Shiley, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, philanthropist and river cruiser. Yes. Now, Sugar thinks that the shower is the source of the flooding water, so she shuts the shower off. And runs away. And runs away, but then sees that the ocean is still there, so that couldn't be it. Yeah. Then She's actually she, thinking with her baby mind. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Then she espies the aforementioned pilot house mm-hmm. with the giant wheel, and she uses her baby senses to discern that that giant wheel might be what's controlling the water. It's a, essentially a, 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 a handle for a giant faucet. Mm-hmm. So uh, she tries to warn the captain who's driving the ship, tries to warn him that he's actually flooding. Mm-hmm. Uh, the world, but he doesn't understand because she's talking baby talk. Mm-hmm. So she runs and finds Spike. Spike tosses the spy's hat overboard. May I make an observation? Uh huh. Since they do talk baby talk and no one understands them, right? It's probably likely that these children are wearing diapers. Yes. Okay. And mm-hmm. since they're wearing diapers, they're running around. On their own, mm-hmm. not a, not being supervised by their parents, chances are likely that at least one of them has carrying some luggage with them. Well, I think we can be thankful that that is not the subject of the story. Uh, yeah, except Unlike, that I, I thought about that on the cover when she's just jumped, pulled herself out of the ocean, uh-huh. and she's going to have a, an enormous, <laughs> wet, soggy diaper. Right. So she must be strong because she was able to pull herself, pull herself out. out of the ocean. Now, if this were, say, the modern-day Marvin comic strip, mm-hmm. you would have a month's worth of material just about his uh, fecal matter. <laughs> My God, no. Time. Yeah, do you read Marvin? No. Oh, yeah, that's all it's about, his is how much diaper? he shits and pisses. Oh, no! <laughs> what? Rob, I'm telling you, read it. Are you serious? Yes. It's a modern cartoon. Marvin comic strip. You know Marvin the baby in the comic strips? No. I yeah. No. In the paper, in the newspaper. Okay. And it's all about his poop. Yeah. Or pee. That's... Wow. It's... Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> oh, that just made me sad. Why? 
because I just realized that another winter has passed us, and I haven't taken an opportunity to go outside in the privacy of a snow a snowstorm and pee in the snow. Oh, I'm sorry. It's one of the great things about being a guy is going out and pee in the snow. I mean, we could take the ice trays out there and dump them out uh, in the woods. No, no, no. It's not something you plan on doing. You just oh. do it. Okay. All right, go ahead. Uh, I, Of course, in, in, in fairness, I, I cannot remember the last time I did it. I mean, I think it was when we were out hiking in a, in a snow once. Probably. Yeah, not something you just do. No. No. Um, Sugar and Spike distract the captain by calling him a dumb dodo. Which makes him furious. Makes him furious. It would me. Lure him out of the pilot house. Uh, you are flying through this story. Well, I'm trying to get to the exciting big finish. Okay. Um, and then they dart back in. So now Sugar and Spike are locked in the pilot house. they put a chair in front of the door? And they are spinning and spinning and spinning the ship around. One way and then another and then another. Yes. Which Um, makes the ship, of course, go... Spinning this way and that. Port starboard, port starboard, port starboard. Meanwhile, the spy has borrowed a compact mirror from a lady on the deck. Mm -hmm. And is signaling the submarine... They are readying the torpedo, mm-hmm. and the uh, ship is spinning around and around and around. Now Sugar and Spike have discovered the foghorn, so they're tooting that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the evil submarine people think that the captain has discovered their plan, and he's running a zigzag course, which will make the torpedo worthless. Mm-hmm. Uh, the submarine now will have to surface to accomplish their mission. Right. Carry on. Sugar and Spike see the submarine and think it's a giant pipe which is issuing the water, which is flooding the world, and so they're going to ram it it with the cruise ship, Mm -hmm. which they do. Later, <laughs> we flash forward to the headline, x Extra Two uh, Babies Capture Spy Ring. Uh, Sugar and Spike have saved the day. They are being hailed by the news media, and they get to go meet the president. That's a big deal. Whose face is also not seen, of course, which keeps the story figure. timeless, doesn't yes. it? Yes. Um. Ladies and gentlemen, you are seeing history in the making. The President of the United States has just awarded the Congressional Medal of Honor to the two youngest heroes in the world, Sugar and a Spike. Um, oh, here comes the punchline. Love it. This makes this is when I got to the end of the story. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. it's not so terrible. Um, Sugar and Spike want to thank the President for for their Congressional Medals of Honor. Mm-hmm. But they only know one word That's in grown-up talk. What's the word, Bob? Dumb dodo. They say it to the president. They say it to the president of the United States, and guess what? They get smacked and put in the corner. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Bon. Now, uh, as I said, I hated this the first time I read it. Mm-hmm. But then I reread it, and I got to this ending part. And I thought, okay... This is not written for an audience of 45-year-old middle-aged fat men, as modern (laughs) comics are. This was written for eight-year-olds to read. Yes. And if I were eight years old reading that and I got to the end and had that payoff of the dumb dodo coming back, I would have thought, this writer is a genius. (laughs) He planted that seed at the very beginning of the story, and here we are in the last panel, and it pays off. Yes. And I am rewarded as a reader for paying attention to this whole story. I see what you're going for here. I mean, I I, I understand that. Yes. And as I said, I was a big fan of Richie Rich and Casper. It was my gateway drug into superhero (laughs) comics. And I didn't, I never knew about Sugar and Spike when I was eight years old, but if I had, I probably would have. Well, if I had seen the Sugar and Spike comic on Mm -hmm. the stand, I probably would have had the same feeling I had in the 1990s when I saw Heathcliff in the the newspaper, Uh which was, oh, why? Right. Why? 
Now, the Heathcliff animated television program, that was pretty subversive and clever. Was it? Yeah. Was it? It was. Was it? And that was even, like, I was an older teenager when that was on. Mm. It was pretty... It was good. Not like Garfield. Uh, Our friend said even Jim Henson hates Garfield. Not Jim Henson. Jim, um, Jim, Jim, um, what's his face? Whoever makes him. What is his name? Jim Henson's the Muppet, the creator. Right, right, right. Gary. uh, Gary Larson. No, that's Farsight. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, whoever the guy that created Garfield hates him. And hates himself. Oh, obviously. I'm sorry, friends. I know we have somebody listening to this screaming at their their phone right now. I mean, I can look it up on Google because I need to look up this other thing. Hold on, this story was for Karen Matsoko, age ten. Hey Siri, who created the Garfield cartoon? Okay, I found something on the web for who created the Garfield cartoon. Take a look. Jim Davis. Jim Davis. Hates us all because he created Garfield. Sorry, Jim. Um, I'm not sorry. What? Why would you be sorry about him? Well, I'm sorry that we didn't remember his name. Oh, right, right, right. Well, that's just what he deserves for foisting Garfield upon the world. Um, This story was for Karen Matsoko, age 10, of Youngstown, Ohio. And Kathy Marchman, age 11, Norwalk, California. I can't find either of them on Facebook. Otherwise, I would call them right now. Find out why this story was for them. Right. Did they suggest it? Anyway, let's turn to the letters page. Because I know you had an issue with one of these letters. I did. Sorry, I've, I've got down into a, an information loop about Jim, Jim Davis. So okay. I just closed up my phone. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, dear editor, I wrote you three letters and never got an answer. Then I noticed... The words. Oh no, that's not the letter. Wait, I'm wait, wait, about. wait, 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 wait. No, the yeah. letter I'm talking about is the first one, the very first letter. Yeah. Shall I read it? Yes. Dear editor, I've been collecting Sugar and Spike comic books since I was seven. Issue number forty-three. Mm-hmm. Sugar and Spike is my favorite comic book. For that reason, it's the only one I collect. Now I've I finally found something to write you about. I was going over my collection when I discovered that in issue forty-eight, in the story. Little Arthur's Big Mistake, page one, panel one. Little Arthur's mother is called Myra. But in issue number 55 in in the story, Halloween Goblin, page one, panel two, she is called Myrna. I'd like to know whether her name is Myra or Myrna. Yours truly, Philip Thelson, age 11, Appleton, Wisconsin. And they write back. We're all dying for the answer. Yes, you have sharp eyes, Philip. We checked those two issues, and of course, you were right. It was undoubtedly a typographical error. Her name is Myrna. Thanks for noticing, Ed. That's her short for editor. Oh, I see. Um, yeah, you. I think the issue you had was you kind of thought this would have been written by an adult. Yeah, I did. Was, but no, it's, yeah. it says age 11, I think. Yeah, I didn't actually read yours know, truly, Philip, age 11. Because you were enraged by the letter. I was enraged. Now, this other letter, this is what got me. Dear Editor... While traveling through New York State, my five-year-old son, who is deaf, developed a painful toothache. He was always a little uncomfortable about seeing a dentist, who isn't, and I found it necessary to take him to one neither of us had ever met before. Mm. While waiting in the dentist's crowded reception room, Paul was quite uncomfortable and fretful. I was having a great deal of difficulty keeping him calm. A thin gentleman with a short white beard also with a toothache, apparently, noticed Paul's discomfort from the other side of the room. Quietly, he began to scribble on a large pad he had with him. In a minute or two, he held up a very funny picture of a cross-eyed animal. Paul giggled and went over for a better look. For almost an hour, the man entertained Paul with the funny pictures he was drawing without saying a word. Later, Paul was very relaxed in the dentist's chair. When we came out, the gentleman was gone. The receptionist told me that she draws... Uh, that he draws what sounded to me like sugar and spice. Oh my Recently, gosh. I saw a copy of Sugar and Spike. I can't help wondering if the gentleman with the toothache in the sketch pad is Sheldon Mayer. If he is, please tell him thanks. We still have the sketches he gave, Paul. Sincerely, Mrs. William Stalson, Los Angeles, California. Oh my goodness. Right, isn't that sweet? This is wonderful. That makes me like this comic. Me too. 
P.S. If it is him, could you please tell me how old he is? He looked rather young to have a white beard. Yes, Mrs. Stolson, that was S.M., and he remembers the incident very well. He's 48 at this writing, and while his hair is dark, his whiskers have been white for as long as he can remember. Oh, my gosh. Editor. Editor. Wow, Bob, I hadn't read that that at all. Wow. Yeah, that kind of turned the corner for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have to tell you, if you go back two pages, yeah, I took the quiz on how well do you do your sugar and spike baby talk. How 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 do you how well do you know your sugar and spike baby talk? Oh, I did. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so it has pictures. It has eight pictures. Yeah. Uh, for example, the first one of it is a piano. Right. And um, you have to try to guess what uh what the babies call it. Um, okay. They have. They have. Apparently, the, the editor, the, the the editors or the writers of this comic have transcribed their gobbledygook speech. Okay. So I'm not going to look at the pictures. Okay. You give me the gobbledygook speech, and I'll see if I can guess what it's talking about. Okay. Um, mommy's lollipop. Uh <laughs> Stop. Pass. <laughs> uh. Window box. Um, television. Yes. Okay. Good. Uh, yak yak box. Oh, telephone, but we knew that was in the store. Yes. Daddy's lollipops. Um, pass. <laughs> Nighttime in a bottle. Vodka. <laughs> I was looking for vodka and cocktails. But no, it was ink. I, oh. I swear, I, I saw nighttime in a bottle. I went, "Oh, there's got to be vodka in here somewhere." Um, little no feets. Uh, it's a pet. Little no feets. Uh, lizard. What kind, of, what kind of a pet has no feet? Uh, a dog with no feet. You're thinking a ter- crippled terrestrial. dog. You're thinking uh-huh. of terrestrial. 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 Sorry, terrestrial. Uh huh. They're going to think of terra firma. Oh, fish. Yes, thank you. Fish. Okay. And finally, the socket in a teeth and sing it toy. No, the <laughs> socket in a teeth and it sing toy. Uh, vodka. <laughs> socket in the teeth and it sings. Oh, piano. Yeah, it's not funny. Um, what is daddy's lollipop? A pipe and a cigar. Okay, and mommy's? Lipstick. Oh, well, that's sexist. Why can't mommy have a cigar? Uh, I don't know. Or a martini, for that matter, with these right. kids. Um, it's so hard just to stay clean, isn't it? I mean, to stay. To keep, <laughs> keep the keep the To not go clean. blue. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. It is hard. Um, um, so, I love this, this advertisement for Dial H for Hero. Oh, which one? Uh, it's right. It's the page before. How well do you know your sugar and spike baby talk? Oh yeah, yeah. We well, have we have destination cool. Hero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not in if you're uh, you're not in if you're not reading. No wait, the two double. You're not in if you're not reading the latest issues of, and they have it. Well, in is in quotations, so that's like you're not in if you're not reading the latest issues. I, they should have just said you're in if you're reading these. You know. Well, anyway, maybe you can go back in time and work on their copy. Oh, I can go back in time. So we have Dial H for Hero, The Teen Titans, Mystery in Space featuring Ultra the Multi-Alien, and Balloon Buster in All-American Men of War. We've looked at all of those comics. We're in. We are in. Um, We'll be looking at another Dial H for Hero very soon. And another Teen Titans. Yes, sure. We've got four years to go. At least. Does one of our members of our group, our superhero group, have a Dial H for Hero device? Did that come into... Yeah, they made one some out of something. Okay. Out of a tuna can or something. <laughs> can we talk about the Fantastic Four vehicle? The Fantastic Car? Yeah. Listeners, we were at an event last night and someone was wearing a... T-shirt classic with Fantastic the Four. classic Fantastic Car, which looks like a bathtub. Granted, it looks like a large sardine can, or, or yeah, sardine can where you 
take, put in a key and screw the lid forward, As and that becomes a console. I explained last night that was the control panel. That's not. It hadn't been rolled back. It was designed that way to be accessible to Mister Fantastic, who's driving the Fantastic car. Driving. There are no wheels. Flying. It flies. It's a flying vehicle. It's a can. It's a Fantastic car. And it splits into four pieces so that they can all have their own thing to fly around. And then they come back together. It's like a transformer. Or uh, uh, what do they call those? A Zord. A Power Ranger Zord. Oh, yes. A Zord. Splits apart and then comes back together. That's, yes. To make something greater than the sum of its Other parts. parts. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hey, buddy. Well, you said we were going to talk about it. Is that all you had to say? <sighs> I just think that the characters are imaginative. I just think the car is not that great. It's a flying vehicle that can split into four things. Yeah. And I, it was created. I, I, in, I heard it the first time. I, it wasn't like you didn't speak in baby talk, sugar and spike baby talk. And it was uh, imagined before we had even gone to the moon. Oh, okay. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> Go piss in the woods or something (laughs) (laughs) anything else for this week no all right i've really enjoyed this have you yeah i have i i I enjoy looking down at it (laughs) well i'm not gonna look down at it anymore no 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 that's a sweet particular audience i really enjoyed uh especially i'm so glad you read that letter I, I was going that. to try and double up and <clears throat> throw a Stanley and his monster in here too, but that would oh, have been too been, much. Ugh, don't gild the lily. Unless we do it as a drama. <gasps> Maybe next time. Yes. We'll think about that. You've got chores to do. I do. Don't forget to uh, rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your free downloaded podcasts from. And don't forget to look us up on social media at Go Go Check Pod. And we'll be back next week. We sure will. Bye. Bye.